0: Today on the show, we're talking about designing your financial life. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence Through deliberate lifestyle choices. My name is Courtney. I'm your host. And today I'm joined with Trevor. And today we're talking about how to design your financial life.
1: And I think it's important to, I think the, the act of designing your life means you are doing this on purpose. You are being deliberate and we talk about in our tagline your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices and this is by designing your financial life you're you're sort of mapping out your your financial life ahead of time you're being deliberate you you're you're being proactive you're not letting life happen to you we talk about it all the time most people they just let life happen and and you next thing you know you look back 20 years has gone by and and you're going to say i have accomplished nothing or or i haven't accomplished what i would hoped to and it's because you let life happen to you and you need to by taking charge and designing your financial life and which will ultimately carry on to touching all aspects of your life because money tends to do that. I, I think this is, is something everybody needs to do, doing. I don't think I don't care how, how old you are. You can you could start design if you just say you're 40 and you never took the time to design your financial life. The best time to start designing your financial life is when you were probably 20 the next best time to do it is now. So don't don't think you're too old for this. In fact, if you're just on the cusp of retirement, you might your your financial life might need a redesign. So I think this is something every everybody listening to this could could grasp onto something here.
0: And I like how you brought up the point about deliberate lifestyle choices and deliberate actions because we we mentioned this before, but Staying out of debt, not being in debt, and and making those financial decisions that are right for your life, the they aren't easy. Getting to debt is 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 easier than than not getting into debt. So it's not like we can accidentally, or sometimes we can accidentally not get into debt. But most of the time, we have to. That has to be the forefront of our mind. So when it comes to designing our, our financial life, we we definitely have to keep the those 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 core principles and those core values that are important to us at the forefront of of every decision when we are designing our life
1: well and i think when you're designing we're going to get into the sort of the steps this this article we're, we're featuring has but in designing your financial life i think you have to take your your income and your expenses you can't just look at things in a silo and just say you know career path let's focus on this now uh, my debt structure, as you're referring to. Let's just focus on that. You, you can't do this in silos. It, 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 they're integral pieces all moving in harmony. So it all has to be uh, one big picture. So looking at it in in, in bits and pieces, I, I think you're doing yourself a disservice.
0: So Trevor, let's jump into today's article that we're really structuring the show around. And it is by The Humble Penny. It's from the HumblePenny.com. And it is called Seven Steps to Designing Your Financial Life. And I like that there's these two questions posed at the beginning of this article, which, which are, I think, very valuable to, to ask ourselves when we're considering the financial life we'd like to design. And the first question is, what is important in my life? And the second question is, what is essential in my life?
1: And I, I don't think you can separate these two questions. I think you have to answer them sort of in harmony. And so what's important in my life, that's going to be something that evolves and changes over time. But I think it's something, I I, yeah, I always talk about write it down, journaling, somehow get this on paper and write down what's important to you and maybe write down the 10 most important things to you and re- have that list somewhere you can see it all the time and see if if you can... Look at that once a month, once a week, for sure once a year, and still confirm that these 10 things are still important to me. That the ranking I wouldn't get too caught up in, but making sure those 10 things haven't changed. If you're 20, I'm going to say owning a, owning a car, or say you're 16, owning a car will seem really important to you. And just because you've got your car and you're now you're 30, I don't think owning a car is any less important. Your your passion or reason for owning the car may have changed. So when you were 16, you wanted a car so you could be independent. You wanted your freedom. When you're 30 and you have a car, you want a car so you can transport your family around in a safe, reliable manner. So the importance of a car hasn't changed, and it, it's still an important part of your life. But the reason has changed. So I, I think don't lose sight of that. I, I I, it's still important just for a different reason. And what is essential in my life? So that's, I brought the car up because the car becomes, an, an, when you're 16, it'd be a real cool thing to have. When you're 30 and you've got a family, it becomes an essential thing to have. So I, I think it's important to, to have these things separate. So when you're, when you're 16, uh, saving for an education might be essential to your financial plan. When you're 30, owning that car becomes essential. So I think the essential aspect of it is going to evolve and change, I would hope. But the important things in your life, they, they may change, but the cars, I think, is a great example for how I think everyone could relate to that.
0: So I like that you threw in the, the education example, for instance, and in that you said that In that example, financial or education is important to my financial plan, um, because everyone's financial plan in 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 designing their financial life is going to look different. I mean, for that one individual who who does want to achieve that career path that requires that post secondary education, yes, having that post secondary education is essential in their financial and when they're designing their financial life. So. And I guess my question from this is, how do you decipher what is essential when you're kind of at this beginning stages of designing your financial life?
1: Well, like this article says, it's going to depend on where your starting point is. But I think the the essentials are, are a pretty short list early in your life if you don't give it a lot of thought. But education is a great one because it costs a lot of money. And it's going to impact your whole future. So it has to be important to be essential. I, I think those two have to go in order. I would think for most people, education has got to be, for any young person, if if you don't think education is important, I hope there's somebody in your life who is trying to make it important to you.
0: No, that's a phenomenal point right there, is is really bringing it back around. So let's, I want to transition now into the seven steps that the author Ken of The Humble Penny has outlined as, as ways to, to take on the designer mindset. So uh, there's a nice little quote that'll lead us into this. And he says, in my experience, the optimal way to live and achieve financial joy is to approach your finances with a design mindset. It is never too late to design a financial life that works for you. So we'll go through the seven steps to to kind of design and to to really take on a, a design mindset. So the first one is think like a designer.
1: And so this one is is to it really is to say stop overthinking your your plan. Stop stop overthinking it and, and just try something. So what designers typically do is they build prototypes of something and they stand back, say someone's designing a car or a piece of furniture, they might rather invest countless hours into building the finished product and then deciding you don't like the proportions or the look of it. They'll build a low-cost prototype and then they will look at it from different angles. So now they have a three-dimensional prototype and they'll decide what they like or what they want to change. And so by thinking, designing your financial life like a designer you're rather than spend you know design this this financial life and then put in 30 years and then find out you're miserable at the end of 30 years and and you didn't reach your financial goals that that would be thinking not like a designer so a designer might you might attack one aspect of your financial life and, and see how a certain approach works so you may we've talked about index investing. You may try index investing or individual stocks with a small subset of your investment money to see how if, if that adds a lot of stress to your life. For instance, say you're, you're into individual stocks and you really enjoy, your, say you, you do reasonably well at it, but the, the peaks and valleys of those stocks creates a great deal of stress in your life. There, there you know you don't want to put all your money to something like that because the stress would probably kill you. So maybe you should be in an index fund where there's less decisions to be made. So th- that's where you could sort of test drive that and see how you, h- how, what your stress level is without investing. And then uh, the other thing is with, with budgeting is you, you may want to be open to maybe scaling back your, your expenses to bare bones and just try living with that for, for, you know, just make a three month commitment and to see maybe I'm going to be miserable for those three months and, and this is unworkable, or maybe I adapt and, and I learn to find other interests that cost less money because my, this restrictive budget, I, I've sort of imposed on myself. And, and so give yourself a three month window to see how you feel you know, three months. And, and if you're miserable, well, then you know, bare bones budget might not work. You, you'll have to ramp up some of your expenses. So I, I think you need to be open to test driving different aspects of your financial life in small windows of time to see how they fit with you. You know, none of this works if you're miserable at the end of the day. I mean, we've talked about deprivation is not a way to prosperity. You you have to enjoy life day by day.
0: So my my whole thing about this first point is that sometimes actually building that, actually test driving that is it's it's scary and it's risky and, and there's a, I think it's maybe easier said than done to to devote yourself to dive into something that is new and, 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 and different when, when you're kinda of trying to design this world and you don't even know if it's if it's the right the right financial path that you're that you're building for yourself.
1: Well, here's an example I did. So you can even do it in smaller pieces. So this isn't, this doesn't sound earth shattering or groundbreaking now, but uh, 15 years ago, I, I had cable TV and I had a young family and I discontinued my cable. I said, you know, there's a hundred bucks a month I could, I could, I could not be spending. And at the same time, I'd be prying my kids away from a television, which I, I didn't really think was doing a whole lot for their development. And so I got rid of cable and of course we instantly became freaks in our neighborhood. Cause we didn't have cable. And, uh, someone would say, did you watch whatever show? And I said, well, actually, no, I didn't. I don't have cable. And that's back when streaming, you know, Netflix and all those things didn't really exist. And I, we tried that in, I made a commitment. Me and my wife did that. We were going to do this for one year. So a sample size, fairly large one year commitment of no cable and see how we felt at the end of one year. Did, did we feel we were miserable and we we're depriving ourselves of something or did we fill that time with something else? Well, as it turned out, technology caught up to us in that one year and Netflix became a thing. So I don't know if I really accomplished what I hoped to at the beginning because another form of entertainment appeared, but maybe I wouldn't have found that other that Netflix thing had I not discontinued my cable so it kind of opened another door but that's an example where we test drove something you know we let's just make a one-year commitment no cable and and see how we feel and we actually we uh, what we said to our kids is said we were we'd sit down every month and just sort of review how do how do we feel i think we did it for a couple of months and then we we stopped reviewing with them because i thought they needed a bigger window of time to really adjust but never went back to cable so that was something i sort of test drove how i could reduce expenses and also sort of for the whole family would get exposure to books and other stimulants rather than television and i think the experiment was fabulous and i'm glad i'm glad we did it i didn't anticipate the netflix impact so i didn't sort of get the whole impact in that tv became and came at us from another angle and we ended up consuming that which was an unanticipated win for my kids a loss for me
0: all right I, i'm trying to imagine a and i'm sure maybe our listeners are too uh, A, am sure well some i'm sure remember but a place where there 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 was was not netflix there was no alternative options and that's that that might be a show right there just kind of talking about how 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 you can make kind of those massive adjustments financially actually yeah i'm just thinking about this so I mean, we could do a show moving forward where we, where we, we, because because making funny. I'm sidetracking here, but um, in order to to get at debt, in order to to do things that people aren't doing, you have to do things that people aren't doing. So I think uh, that is kind of a prime example of. I mean, you weren't doing for. Uh, uh, money saving reasons you were doing for other kind of more enriching reasons, uh, such as kind of consume your time in other ways. But I mean, that's, it, it, it it's, it's, we all know that cable is expensive as well. So that it was, it's kind of a bonus two way, two way benefit.
1: And the other thing we, we had to do was I didn't just leave that TV sitting there in the living room m- mocking my children <laughs> every time they, they came in the room They're saying, kids. Right, no, you can't, you can't watch me. We had to take that thing down in our basement and cover it up with a blanket. And at
0: that time, they were probably <laughs> heavy. So it was actually a...
1: Oh, this was an old tube TV. So it took all of us to get it down wow. there. But, but... And that was part of the commitment. And when you're des- designing a financial life and you're test driving something, you have to make a commitment. So we, we removed that thing from... Like physically removed this thing. So the temptation would be gone. And it was... I think that that was had we just left it there. I mean, it was just <laughs> a matter of, of rescrewing that that cable back in the TV and turning it on. So we had to make it hard. And so when you're test driving something, while you're designing your financial life, you have to make failing hard. You you can't make you have to remove temptation. It has to leave your life. So it, this is real small scale. But say you wanted to stop buying coffee at Starbucks you may have to change your route to work and it may be a longer route to work to not pass that Starbucks. I mean, you have to do, you have to take temptation away because when you, when you're having a weak moment, a weak day, you didn't sleep well, temptation will win every time. So you, you have to be deliberate when you're test driving something in the designing stages.
0: I'm still. Uh, I, I I'm gonna sidetrack for like one more second. I I'm still caught up in the taking TV away from your kids. I, I one question. I just we'll move on. But how did they? How did they respond to that? Like how did and how did your your coworkers respond to that and your friends? I mean, was there any was there any negative feedback from people around you, including your your family and?
1: So here it is. So with the adults, I would say they would say, "Did you watch?" <laughs> It was reality TV time. So did you watch Survivor or whatever one of those shows were? And I said, you know what? I don't have cable anymore. I don't. I don't really watch TV. And every adult I I spoke to, they would say, yes, I want to get rid of my cable too. You know, they they felt ashamed that they're still watching TV. Like I, they clearly thought I was trying to one up them, and that wasn't my my intention. But that's how adults felt. As far as my kids go, I have three kids. One of them thought it was a great idea. <laughs> one of them thought it was a horrible idea <laughs> and one of them i i think was indifferent so <laughs> take take from that what you will i i, I just hope my the, the the one who chose chooses my nursing <laughs> home isn't the one who hated it
0: well netflix i'm sure it's uh, that's like long in the past but let's move on to point number 2 and
1: i just want to <laughs> say i just want to say it it didn't leave any scars <laughs> Not, none of those kids are are, are are, are scarred or emotionally <laughs> uh you know out of sync
0: I, I i feel like it's kind of a novel thing even to to be that age and, and not and kind of be different than your peers too If i mean if if that's something that makes them happy
1: and just in case someone's gonna call the children's society we did have dvds that we did what we did rent we got- went to the library to get movies and we'd watch them cuz
0: you mentioned and, you mentioned you had uh, a projector screen in place yeah, of Yeah well yeah
1: so w- we got a projector so we could watch movies and so that that was something uh so, so this whole thing actually ended up costing me a bit of money to get set up for that so
0: Let's move on to point number two though. And point number two, and we, you said this at the beginning of the episode, Trevor, it's start where you are. How important is this point and, and how much of an impact does it make if you get it wrong or right?
1: Well, I think what a lot of people do when they're trying to design a financial life, they, just, they start with their destination. They start with where they want to be. And the problem with that is life is not a destination. Life is a journey. And just when you think you got to your destination there's a whole bunch of life still in front of you and and you'll be very disappointed. So, or, or the, the, the horizon you'll, it'll always be in the, in the, in the distance and you'll never reach it. So you're setting yourself up for failure. You have to, you have to believe life is a journey. It is not a destination. So starting with the destination where you, you think success is, you'll be so let down. So that is, that is a disaster. You, you're just you're setting yourself up for a life of misery so starting where you are it sounds easy but you have to be honest with yourself as to where you really are financially you know where you are you you might think you're worse off than you are or better off and this comes from when you start comparing yourself to other people and and that is where you determine where you are if you think well I, 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 for instance comparing yourself to your parents you that they have years on you or comparing yourself to your peers. I think you just need to know where you are and where you are starts with, and I think this is so important. Am I spending more than I earn or, or am I spending less than I earn? That is a great starting point that, 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 that to me is where most people there. Most people are either spending as much as they earn or more than they earn. And I think that is the kind of starting point you want to look at. Not how much wealth you've accumulated or assets or liabilities being cars and things that you've accumulated. I think it's, am I spending more than I earn or am I spending as much as I earn? Cause if that's your starting point, that's what, that, that's what needs to be fixed. You need to get to a place. you you need to design a, a financial life where you're spending less than you earn. In fact, I've heard this summarized: Personal finance is really easy spend less than you earn and invest the difference. So spending less than you earn is got to be the the if you're not there already that's that's got to be where you want to be moving toward.
0: So you said a couple different amazing points there and to to, to, to add on to what you said, I mean, it really is a race uh, against yourself. I mean, this is a basic elementary School philosophy that we were all it was ingrained within us that when whether you're uh, running cross country or, or uh, writing a test that you are just uh, trying to uh, to improve upon your your previous score or your previous um, distance or time. And I think that philosophy is one that maybe has, has got a little lost in translation from uh, when we were children to to now, because it's hard not to, I think it might almost be human to look around you and compare yourself to others. But the thing with personal finance is that we are, there's no journey. There's no, there's no place that we are, we're all in that is identical to another. We are all our financial situation with our income, with um, our living situation with with our expenses—that is all completely unique. And I think it's unfair, like we always say, to to put ourselves against put ourselves against others.
1: Well, and you raise a good point. Everybody's personal finance financial situation is unique. There there is no two the same. In fact, you could have two people working the exact same jobs in the exact same company, making earning different money. So that how much you earn and the expenses you have you'd be hard pressed to find two people that have the exact same scenario so that that's another reason to start with where you are not where your generation is or people like you are it, you're right you're finding everyone's personal finance situation is unique there's going to be no two that are exactly alike so that 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 means there's there's unique problems to be solved for every person, so with a solution, even if you reach out to somebody for help, their solution that they use is going to be solving their problem. You might be able to use bits and pieces to help solve your problem, but you have to know your problem is not exactly the same as their problem.
0: So this really goes back to looking within and knowing exactly. Back to those two questions that we uh, we asked ourselves at the beginning what is important in my life and what is essential in my life because only you know the answer and maybe your significant other if, if they're in that journey with you i do want to add into this point the start where you are i think this point is i think crucial to to not being ashamed of where you are because i, I regardless of how much uh, money you make or, or 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 how old you are i think we all can be maybe a little self-conscious or maybe embarrassed about how much money we make or how much money we spend or or where we are um, towards achieving a financial independence. And our, our number for retirement is all a little bit different in the amount we spend, the amount we earn. And I think just realizing that where you are by realizing where you are, you can then move forward and progressing towards achieving what you believe is your vision and, and where you want to go along your path. So I think trying to live a lifestyle, back to what you said, Trevor, about trying to live a lifestyle of your coworker or your parents, I think that is what sets us up for a financial disaster when we don't, we're not honest with ourselves. And you mentioned that, that that aspect of being honest with yourself earlier as well.
1: And you raised a good point there. You, you said uh, people... And this has been my experience. I'm not saying this is across the board. Most people are want to brag about what they earn, and they're ashamed of how much they spend. You know, nobody will tell you how much they paid for their, you know, their new truck or a vacation. Fifty thousand, like fifty thousand dollar truck. No, it's sixty five actually. And nobody wants to tell you they spent five grand going to wherever on some exotic vacation. So uh, people tend to be ashamed of how much they're spending, but quick to brag about how much they've earned. So uh, I think you can't really, I'm going to say trust is a kind of a strong word, but you can't count on your feedback from other people because I don't think you're going to get the truth. You're not going to get all the facts from other people if you're trying to... Assess where you are by comparing yourself to other people. You're, you're not going to get the real goods. Oh, no. Everything's going to be
0: sugar-coated. It's all going to be
1: slanted one way or another. So y- you need to just focus on you and your unique situation. So, so that's a good point you raise. I, 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 you, you can't... You, the, the problem is when you can't really reach out to anybody and say, you know, does this sound legit, you know, where I am if you describe somebody, here's where I am in my personal finance life. Does that sound like I'm sort of sugarcoating my own story? And I don't think anybody can really help you with that.
0: Which is again what makes personal finance such a unique uh, if fight to fight. Challenge. Yes, yeah. It's it's really, and I guess I guess that's why we we love or this podcast, I guess, is because it allows us space to be open, to be honest, to, to, to kind of validate where we, we are within our financial journey. So Trevor, let's skip on now to point number three. And point number three is be curious. And cur- and the, the starting line here is curiosity adds a what-if dimension, um, which is crucial for a well-designed financial life.
1: And I love this because I did this and everyone knows my story, and I'll tell it again because because I love to bore people with it, (laughs) is uh, me and my wife lived in the city, and we found out we were having twins. And the math for us living in the city and the added cost of living in the city and my wife staying home to raise two twins, that math did not work. And the math for us to send twins to daycare and both of us go to work that math didn't work either so i had to be super curious (laughs) actually maybe beyond curious i had to i had to go design a financial life where the math did work and it it involved moving to a low-cost area and i found a well-paying job in a low-cost area but i i had to be curious this was a diamond in the rough i mean i had i if someone would have said, oh, just go find a, a high paying job in a low cost town, you know, that solve all your problems. Well, well chance, a lot of that doesn't exist that often. So I had to be, I took a chance that I, I thought I it's worth looking. I'm going to see if I can find that. You know, it, most people told me you're, you're dreaming, right? And I thought, well, I got nothing to lose. I'm going to go see if I can find that that scenario, that well paying job in a low cost area. And I found it. I, I, do I think I won the lottery? No, I think I was more curious than other people and more cur- adventurous or willing to take a chance on this, that that this could actually happen. So there's an example where my curiosity or or really necessity is the mother of invention. I, ha- I tried to invent something that most people told me didn't exist and, and I found it.
0: So what I love about that is as per this entire episode, you took hold, you realized that you were the designer of your financial life. You took control and you became the architect and you didn't have a roadmap that you borrowed from your coworker. You didn't have a roadmap from another family member. You literally designed a life around your own life. You designed a financial life around your life. You had, your life were these these newborn twins and, and, and your, and your wife. And you had to Become the architect, and and you couldn't rely on anyone else. This is your own unique situation, and you had to you built that, and 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 you, and again, you didn't know the the outcome, or and you went in with a few expectations, but again, you own that situation because you took full control.
1: And one of the things I, when I got educated myself, one of the reasons I did that is I did not want to be controlled by a single employer. I wanted the latitude to make decisions on my own. If I decided. I don't I I don't want to work for this organization. I don't believe in them ethically or I don't I don't like how they're treating their employees. I'm going to go work somewhere else. I knew if I was educated, that would give me the freedom to to work wherever I wanted. So in a city, that is true for the most part. So I I knew when I moved to this low-cost small town, I was I was giving that up. I was trading that in for better math. So th- there's, there tends to be a trade-off and so what I'm saying is be aware of the trade-offs you're making I knew I was making that trade-off so I wasn't gonna get blindsided by that knowing okay now I am I'm gonna feel somewhat trapped by this employer because I've I've moved my whole family to this small town and there's really only one really good paying employer in town and I'm kind of married to them so I didn't want to come to, I would warn people that there's always, so that great scenario came at a cost. Now I've been there for quite some time, so it all worked out, but I, I there, there's a feeling you get when you feel you, you've, you just eliminated an option, right? So finding another job became not impossible, but a a, a pretty huge decision. So, when you're curious and you find a unique situation, peel back the onion and say, you know, what am I giving up here or, or what am I missing? So when you're curious, you have to be inquisitive too.
0: Because if you weren't inquisitive, you would have threw your hands up maybe in your current situation and said, well, this is the, this is the cards I've been dealt. I, li- I live in this specific um, city with, uh, with twins now, but you, because of your curiosity, you created you you discovered this this better situation that would allow uh a, you to design a financial life that that suited you and your family's needs and i do want to add when we're talking about what if there's this i don't know i the stigma around the what ifs that is 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 negative because again it is it can be a, a negative thinking trap when you're when you are thinking of all the the negative what ifs oh what if this happens what if this happens what if this happens but i love that the what if is turned into this more empowering curiosity um standpoint instead because i mean go back to your netflix example trevor or your tv getting rid of your tv before netflix i mean you said what if we got rid of the cable what if what 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 would be the worst thing that happens like what what if and and you follow through on that because you asked that question and i think we can push ourselves to achieve things maybe we didn't think we are capable of just of asking us that question and kind of taking away, well, what's the worst thing that can happen if I just do this? And I think that's really empowering and can kind of help us leap forward in designing this financial life that we're not afraid of and where we don't fear and take more chances, which you always say, Trevor, is a good thing to, to really hold onto when you are younger or even older.
1: Well, and you know, to that Netflix example, when we got rid of our cable, we may have not discovered netflix until the, all the masses did had we had cable or we may have been late to the game of netflix instead we were early because my my children not having anything to watch they, they became uh uh pretty skilled on the computer and, and were able to discover things before other people just again necessity being the mother invention so uh that being curious, I guess you take away one form of entertainment and it, it was on one of my kids to try to find another.
0: So let's move on to the fourth point. And the fourth step to design our financial life is to just try stuff. And this relates back to uh, my point I made with the last one with what if, and then if you just try stuff in this point where it extends to doing things without overanalyzing or worrying.
1: Well, and this is where I'm saying, try things in small increments or 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 try things in and put a time frame around it so I, I like 3 months 3 months seems to work for me when it comes to personal finance 3 months is a is a good window to test drive a, an idea and so the the biggest problem is going to be is if just say you're you're spending more than you earn and you're trying to fix that problem so you're trying to fix it through your spending so you 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 ramp down your spending to to a point where you're, you're being sort of extreme frugal and just say at the end of three months, you, you haven't adopted, but you're miserable. Just, just say that that's where you are at the end of three months. I would say, try it for another three months. And and if you're still miserable, at the end of six months, you're just, just a bear, you know, you're just, no one can talk to you. You're just, your, your life is in your mind is just, is, is miserable. Then it might be time to start looking at the income side of your equation, because there's there's no no good going through life miserable because you can't buy a coffee at Starbucks or 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 have a high end cable package or whatever it is you makes you happier a sixty five thousand dollar truck. If if those are the things that are going to make you not miserable, then then you need to focus. You tried the spending side, it didn't work for you. You still need to spend less than you earn, so now you need to really dial in the income side of your equation and, and, and try that. And just say you end up getting a, a higher paying job, but it comes with it a lot more stress, and you're still miserable. Well, now you've got some wisdom behind you, and you can say, well, you know, I, I tried the, the reducing my expenses, and, and I hated that, and then I tried to increase my income, and well, that stressed me out, and I was miserable doing that, which was the worst of the two evils? Because you still have to fix the, the problem of spending less than you earn. So the, by trying things, you know, you've know, tried a couple things and you've realized what makes you happy or what makes you unhappy. That this is how you, you can start to design a life where ultimately we all want to be happy, right? That's that's the on our journey of life. Happiness has got to be something that's very important. And so I, I say, try a stressful job and maybe you know some people are just they they just get fired up when when work gets challenging and other people they just hide under their desks and they just crumple up right so it, just figure out who you are and the only way you're going to know is by trying it and when i say try it, you have to try it and actually live with it you you can't just sort of theorize about it you actually have to do it you have to like i moved the tv out of my living room that that's that's trying it right just unplugging the tv set that's not trying it because you're gonna have to just plug it back in right well your kids could when you're not home <laughs> <laughs> so you actually have to move the tv and the tv's so heavy i knew they couldn't move it back <laughs> but and then try a job like go for that promotion and try it and again the, the younger you are the more resilient you tend to be so you tend to be able to you know flex better the, the older you get you have dependence well this becomes a little more of a challenge you if you have a bunch, if you have a young family depending on your income, and you try a job and you fail at it, well, that that might be a risk you can't take. So a lot of this try stuff, I think, is really geared to the younger people.
0: And the, to this point, I mean, maybe you can be uh, the the answer behind my question, but how many times have you tried something? and it actually worked out or you actually enjoyed it because i think that kind of be the fear too that you try something you're not sure if you will like it but if you like you said put a time parameter around it then you know in the back of your mind this is only temporary but i mean trevor majority of the time do you enjoy the kind of the new addition to your life does it if if you know it is better for you do you do you enjoy it because you know that it is better for you and, and and that it's benefiting you
1: well, the one thing I've discovered over time is, is the human species. It's how adaptable we are. We are incredibly adaptable. We, we can adapt to environments. And that's what really put us at the top of the food chain. Not to make this a philosophy show, <laughs> but um, I, I have modified my diet over the years. Now I am now a, a vegan and, 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 the idea of, of eating something that's not vegan is, is so foreign to me. And, and it's that it, your body tends to adapt to whatever you nourishment you give it. So it, it will compensate for if you pump in a bunch, a bunch of bad food, your body compensates for that. It, it, it manages and, and pulls from other parts of your body, not to make this a medical show, <laughs> <laughs> but even with stress, it's relative, right? So if, if you end up in a really stressful job and then you get promoted to a job that's even more stressful, well, the job before that will seem like low stress, right? So it, it becomes relative. So I, I think I've tried a lot of things and again, it, it depends. Some people are more risk adverse. So, I mean, me trying things might be different than somebody who, who frequents a casino, them trying things could look completely different so trying things are going to be unique to every person so me buying an expensive coffee and then going back to a cheaper coffee that's me trying something (laughs) and 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 some people that's just called grocery shopping right so it, it it trying stuff is it's relative as well it's it's unique to each individual
0: and and to your your point there, where you extend into kind of different areas of your life besides personal finance, if if you go confidence in the fact that you're able to kind of uh, try different things in different parts of your life, and and you gain you gain confidence in your, your ability to adapt, like you said, Trevor, and and enjoy something different, that might give you confidence in your personal finance, uh, uh, the personal finance aspect as well.
1: True. Yeah. If 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 you're kind of risk adverse to trying things from a personal finance standpoint, maybe try things, maybe you go to the gym and you try working a different exercise, you know, and seeing the impact it has on you. You're right. Trying in, in less, I'll say stressful aspects of your life to see how you, you roll with change. It might be a good way to test drive your, how risk adverse you are.
0: Oh, for sure. So let's move on to point number five of seven in the steps to designing your financial life. And number five is reframe the reframe the problems. And this goes right back to kind of what we were talking about Trevor or, um, in the last point, but kind of perspective and and how you can gain perspective um, simply by reframing. Well,
1: personal finance is is a really solving pro- the, the the overarching problem of spending less than you earn. That that is, and I think if you've dialed into your personal finance problem is and a lot of people have this, I don't have enough income. You know, a lot of people will say, I I need to get, you know, I I don't have, I, I can't make this $65,000 truck payment (laughs) anymore. I I need more (laughs) income, you know, or I can't afford this mortgage. You know, we we need more income. We need a second job. We need a third job, or we need access to more credit to solve these, our, our furnace stopped working. So it's, and you know, I need to get a home equity line of credit so we can get a new furnace. People take, a lot of people want to focus on the income. You know, lack of income is their problem. And I'm saying to this point is maybe too much expense is your problem. Maybe maybe you need to look at the expense side of your equation. Most people are reluctant to to ramp down expenses, ramp down lifestyle because they they, they view it as a step backwards. But maybe you've stepped too far forward and you're just stepping back to where you you should be and i think it, and it's really easy to adjust your expenses you just call up and cancel your cable right that's it's that's that easy you want to get an increase in pay well you're to going to find another job and that's a long drawn out process with a lot of risk you may or may not succeed at your new job getting a promotion or upgrading your skills, going back to school. I mean, these are long, drawn-out things. I mean, this doesn't happen overnight, but you can reduce your expenses in in generally, a lot of them, in 30 days. You can pick up the phone or go onto the internet, log into your account, cancel it, and, and move on. Those are so easy, but people are so reluctant to do them. You could put your $65,000 truck up for sale, sell it, get rid of your truck payment, go out and buy a, a car for i don't know $10,000 and it it'll serve you quite well but a lot of people they just they, they view it as as they've failed it's defeat and so reframing the problem often is focusing on the expenses rather than the income
0: and i really like that you pointed out that we are quick to kind of jump on and attack uh we don't we don't want to put the blame on ourselves we, we're as human beings we kind of deflect the blame we, we like to put the past the blame onto our our employer in this case that we're not being paid enough that we're not being um compensated enough for our work and and, and that we d- deserve more money but again like like you like you said trevor these are our circumstances and we in designing our life we take full control of our life we are the architects of our life and and we get to work with the current situations just like a designer would. They, they look at their surroundings, the space that they have, the tools that they have, the, the technology that they have, and they have to build something with that. So again, it, taking the circumstances as they are and, and designing a successful financial life is really the, the secret to success. So let's skip on to number six of seven. And the sixth point here in how to design your financial life is realizing that designing your financial life is a process.
1: And we talked about this earlier. Life is not a destination. It's a journey. And I talked about, you know, someone who is 16, the, the important thing in their life is owning a car. And someone in their 30s, it's also important to own a car, but for a different reason. So when it's a process, personal finance is is, is forever evolving. As you mature and, and grow older, your perspective on life changes. Things Here's the thing that caught me. Is I remember saying this to my dad. I'm saying I was buying a table saw and i said i want to buy one that's going to last a lifetime (laughs) and he said to me he says the quality you're looking for is different than the quality i'm looking for because you've got about 25 years on uh, on me you know of of use of this table saw so it's a process and it's your vision in in what you want and need out of life is going to evolve so (sighs) Designing your financial life—it it has to evolve as you evolve. It it can't be what worked when you were twenty. What worked every decade? I think you, your financial—you should be not doing a complete redesign, but your financial design should be changing in ten-year increments at the very least. So, and. You know, this is the one thing people always talk about buying this their forever home. You know, they want to buy a house and they're going to live it for their whole life. And there's people that do live in a life, you know, in the one house for their whole life, but they probably had too much house at the beginning of their life and they had too much house at the end of their life. And too much house in at the beginning of life is mean they're paying for a lot more house than they needed when they were in their late 20s, early 30s. And they have way too much house to look after in their 60s. So there's an example where in designing your financial life, your home is a big big part of that money-wise. And it's going to be something that evolves. And I think it costs a lot of money to buy and sell houses. But I fell into the trap of wanting this forever home. Well, I'm in a house right now that's way too big for two people. But that's, that's the only two people that live in it. And and I'm looking at downsizing, and I the 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 window of time where I needed a really big house, it was probably ten years, fifteen tops. And now I look back, and all the years I've been alive, only fifteen years did I really need a large house, and that's a pretty small window of time. Looking looking back now. I could have managed in a smaller house for 15 years because when you're in your 50s, 15 years is a pretty small window of time. But when you're, when you're 30, 15 years, well, that's half your life. So it's hard to see that when you're 30. So I don't know if I would have did anything different. I, 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 hindsight's a beautiful thing. I wish I had it when I was 30, but <laughs> I didn't. But I, when it's a process, I use a house as an example because your housing need will evolve And it's a really big part of your financial design and knowing, don't go into it thinking I, I, you know, one house is going to serve all my needs for my whole life. I think that's a horrible approach. And that's where this, this design has to evolve.
0: And I'm glad you brought up the housing example because like you said, it is one of the biggest purchases we'll make, but it's also when we don't realize that life's a process, we get, we can get too comfortable. We get too, um, situated in habit and familiarity and, and, and changing that. And and, I mean, moving from your home, you've been residing in for a while. Definitely. I'm sure and and on top of the maybe emotional attachment you have to that home, or you also have your, our life of accumulated belongings as well. So, I mean that it's, it's comfortable. It's comfortable to stay there. And I think, if we, if we design a home, like you said, Trevor, when we're, when we're young, I think it, it takes work. It takes work to redesign that home and constantly not fall into that habitual mindset. And I think that is really important to be aware of and, and continue making those tweaks, regardless if they do feel like work. Just know, I think that they, they will be benefiting you and achieving that path. Because if we go down one path... We we could be kind of going down that path a little bit too far, then have to turn around and go down another path. So, but just constantly reevaluating, I think it will keep us on track.
1: Well, I would warn you to be constantly reevaluating. I think you need to to do it in in. I said ten year increments. You may do mini redesigns every five years, but but I think every ten years. So I would avoid constant because you don't end up with a stake in the ground or or any sort of, you lack the ability to measure progress. So, so I, I think once you have a design that's working, you stay with it for a while.
0: But but how do you know? How do you know when that design's not working? I mean, when should you kind of poke your head and poke it, poke your design a little and, and point out the flaws or, or the areas that could use for re- improvements
1: Probably happiness is the greatest measuring stick, but just, uh, I guess, a good thing for me was the amount of stress that's in my life and it, there's this constant struggle. I, I go back to when I had a young family. I, I would measure that I, I had this constant struggle where things were pulling me away from my young family that I wanted to spend time with. And the things that were pulling me away were were obviously responsibilities like, like looking after house repairs or, or going to work and earning an income. And I, so in designing the life I wanted when my kids were younger, I wanted to design something that had the, the fewest things pulling me away from my young family. So I didn't want a job that required me working weekends or long hours, and the trade-off was income. So I, that was the trade-off I was willing to make, because my kids at that time they needed my time, not my money. And then my kids got older and their sort of their demands of life went up. Then I, I started pursuing a little more opportunities at work, got an increase in pay. And but but I kind of reflected on those sort of when I realized my 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 kids sort of wanted more of their independence. That's kind of when I kind of reflected and said, okay, I I think I can step away and earn a bit more money now and and because they they're they're needing less of my time. So uh, I think that's kind of how it evolved for me.
0: So I want to move on to the seventh and final point of how to design your financial life. And n- number seven is ask for help. So we said earlier that it's kind of difficult to ask for help when you're making and you're designing your financial life. But Trevor, in your opinion, how can asking for help and in what ways can asking for help be beneficial in designing your financial life? Well,
1: asking for help, you have to ask the right questions. If you ask a very pointed question to somebody particularly on personal finance, you're going to get a lot of um, crickets, right? (laughs) A lot of people don't like to open up about their personal finances. So I think you have to ask a lot of philosophical questions of people. You know, what's your philosophy on investing? Or what's your philosophy on real estate? Um, What's your philosophy on, you know, career path? And and I think, and also, you know. What's your philosophy on life? I mean, when you're reaching out for help, I I think you have to. Your questions have to be fairly vague, and you take that input, and and then you kind of apply it to your situation. Because we said before, everyone's got a unique personal finance situation. So asking a very pointed question to somebody and getting a very pointed answer, the the information coming back might be not that useful. But so I think I would ask people for philosophical questions, you know, and I think you're going to get more out of that. and also, again, life's not a destination, but ask people who are, are heading in the direction you want to go in and, and get their input. I know a guy who's retired, who retired at 55, and I I, I bounce ideas, things off him all the time. You know, what would you do in a situation like this? Or, you know, why did you decide to do that? You know, those are the kind of questions I ask. You know, why did you what were you, what were your thoughts when you decided to do whatever and, and, and get their feedback that way. So I, I, and don't ask leading questions that they're going to lead to the answer you want, but, you know, I just say, you know, what were you thinking when, you, what were, you know, what was your mindset when you were doing this or that and see if it applies to you. And, and so asking for help is you can't ask, everyone wants to ask, you know, how much do I need to retire? There's a great question. People ask all the time, how much money do I need? Well, that, that's a horrible question to ask because the answer is going to be like, there's a million answers to that question. So you need to ask, what's your, what's your spending philosophy in retirement? You know, what, Do you believe you're going to spend as much money when you're working or do you think your spending is going to go down dramatically when you retire? There's a good question you know, or ask somebody who's retired, you know, did your spend, did you notice your spending go down when you retired? Did you notice a lot of expenses that you had when you're working went away when you retired? There's a great question. It's kind of vague. I'm not asking for numbers. I'm just asking for a general, how did it feel? And and then, then I can apply it to my life. Well, you know, I asked 10 people and they, you know, nine of them said, yeah, my expenses went down, not dramatically, but noticeably. Well, then I could have said to my look at my spending details and say, well, let me scrutinize these and look at these because everyone seems to think their their expenses went down when they retired. So I wonder w- what what expenses of mine are going to go away when I retire. So that's kind of a, a way you can ask for help. And, and I think it, reaching out to a, a lot of people, a bigger circle, the better. And there's, you know, you can go to online forums as another great place to ask questions. Actually, a great forum I, I frequent a lot. It's the Mi- Mr. Money Mustache Forum and there's a uh people just dying to answer questions about financial independence and in that whole circle so that's the kind of questions i would ask but pointed questions you'll be very disappointed
0: so what you're kind of saying is find someone you admire or almost a mentor and reach out to them and 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 gain wisdom and guidance from them
1: well actually you may learn more from people who who went in a direction you don't want to go in.
0: No, that's you valid. You may learn
1: more from, yeah, you may learn more from those people who, you know, if I see people that are working into their 70s, I will ask them, I say, you know, you must really love your job. You know, what, what kept you you here for, you know, an extra t- 15, 20 years, you know? Why is it you're, 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 you keep coming back for more? And they'll often say, uh, I can't afford to retire you know, the, and then I will, maybe not at the same time, I might come back and say, you know, what what's your philosophy on vacations? You know, did, did you take a lot of vacations? Oh, we went to Cuba every year. And, we, you know, we went to Europe every other year. And you start to realize the decisions these people made over the course of their life that they're paying for at the end. So, you could often learn a lot more from somebody who went in a direction you don't want to go in.
0: And again, there's nothing wrong with that direction. It's just not quite the direction that maybe you're moving in.
1: Uh, exactly. Yes.
0: So Trevor, that brings us the end of our seven steps to designing your financial life by the humble penny um, authored by Ken. And we'll also have the link to um, the Mr. Money mustache form. I'll make sure to put that in the show notes so you can check that out as and use it as a valuable resource um trevor before we uh end the show do you have any final thoughts or takeaways or is there a specific step to design your financial life that really resonated with you
1: i think it's just important when you're designing your financial life just remember it is a journey not a destination
0: cannot have said that better and my final closing thought for this episode is despite the fact that there were no apple or earbud references this was in fact um, (laughs) a simple money solutions episode and trevor is in fact present on that note, thank you so much for being with us this episode. We hope you take away uh, ways that you can redesign your life and if there's any anything that has been key to helping you design your financial life, let us know. we'd love to we'd love to be let in on what has made the difference for you. Thank you so much for being with us and until next week, keep it simple.